0: I think that, you know, there there is a fair amount of male investors there who I think seem like they like to invest in folks that reminded themselves of themselves. So, I could see that. I could sort of I kind of kind of feel that a little bit.
1: Hey, and welcome to the Sliced Podcast, where we share startup stories from founders, investors, and CEOs from across the globe. A little bit about our platform, Startup Blog Post, is that we're a community where aspiring entrepreneurs and venture capital ecosystem stakeholders can share meaningful insights, engage with colleagues and peers, and stay informed. Today's guest is Nicole Montoya, CEO and co-founder of Cheddar Up!, a platform that helps you collect and track payments and information from your group or community. Nicole boasts over 15 years of growth and business experience. She is also a founding mentor of a notable mentorship program in the Denver area and served on the advisory board for Denver Startup Week. Hi, Nicole. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So fun to have you in studio and be doing in-person things again.
0: Isn't it, though? I know. To come in here mask-free was sort of exciting.
1: A little bit of a non-Zoom situation. (laughs) We we love to see it. So today, we're just going to get into your journey as a founder, especially as a female founder, and kind of go through, start to where you guys are now with Cheddar Up and have you walk us through it, if that sounds good.
0: That sounds great. No, it's fun to reminisce, so to speak.
1: (laughs) Perfect. So let's get started at the very beginning-ish. And have you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure.
0: Well, let's see here. I don't know how far back to go, but. So, where are you from originally? Yeah. I Denver? G- no, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Iowa okay. in a tiny little town on a farm. And I went to Drake University, which is, you know, mm-hmm. big city, Des Moines from where I was from. It was a big city. And I got my business degree at at Drake. But I grew up on a farm, grew up really excited to get away from the farm and see other things and do other things. And, yeah, studied business and marketing in Spanish in college. And then after college, started working for Anderson Consulting, which shortly thereafter became Accenture, Mm -hmm. and really just got into this kind of management consulting world, and then I eventually went to a small boutique consulting firm, and then started doing consulting for KPMG. Anyway, in there, got married, had a couple kids. Did I? My first startup was. A baby accessories
1: company. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to ask you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I brush over this a lot in my, like, career. I think it's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, okay, tell us a little bit more.
0: Well, it's funny. I just – I never talk about this, but it was – it probably was pretty foundational in my whole entrepreneurial journey, I suppose. But I was – you know I was doing consulting which I always thought was sort of boring like it was fine and I was pretty good at it but it was very buttoned up and businessy and not creative and and so after I had my first or second I don't know child I at that time it was probably like early 2000s and there wasn't a lot of cool interesting baby stuff out in the world and so my sister and I just decided to like create this company and it, we we created sort of sensory focused cool designed children's accessories and I think we were in like 80 to 100 stores and we designed them we had no idea what we were doing so I thought
1: that's so you, you say it like offhand like oh yeah my sister and I decided to do it but I feel like not a lot of people would take a stab at that
0: yeah, maybe. I guess I don't know. And maybe maybe that is what is, like, sets entrepreneurs apart. I don't know. But I, I was just like, well, this everything I see in stores is boring and doesn't do what I want it to do. And so we're like, let's just create something. And so we created a prototype. And then – and that's – I would say that's how it worked a little bit with Cheddar Up, too. You just – we just sort of figured things out, right? We were like – we designed something. Like, we weren't sure if we were doing it the right way, and I'm certain that we weren't. And then we were like, we have to find someone to make this because neither of us sew or know anything about retail. So we found a manufacturer, and we just sort of floundered our way along. And it was really fun. It was cool that I got to do it with my sister. And it was creative. It was a really creative outlet. I do love to create things, I'll, you know, even in, into my time – Currently at Cheddar Up, I love the creating part, and we had a lot of fun. I wouldn't say – we almost got this deal with Target, and it was really great. Oh, man. And then it kind of all fell apart right around 2008 when, like, the world was falling apart. Right. Um, And no one was buying High End Baby at that time. And so we sort of put it on a shelf. We never really did resurrect it, but it was a fun chapter – you know, my kids were like these little baby models for our product.
1: <laughs> no, I love! Is a family a family company? Yeah, it was. Everybody yeah, was involved. It was.
0: It was. <laughs> it was super fun. It was a fun chapter in my life. And then after that, I went um, back, needing to kind of make some money because it was 2008. I went back, you know, focused more back on consulting, and I was. I started working for KPMG, and then also a fintech company here in Denver, mm-hmm. and. Gosh, I don't, it was right around, I mean, it was a little bit later, a few years later, as I was still doing that, sort of had this idea. My brain was on fintech because I was really helping this company with kind of fintech millennial stuff. But at the same time, I had these two little kids who were entering school at that point. And the problem that I was trying to solve was I was writing a lot of checks and filling out a lot of forms. And I just thought, like, gosh, I am super busy. I don't have time to drive this paperwork across town. Why hasn't someone kind of come up with a better way? Like, why isn't there? What I really wanted was sort of an Evite-like tool that was really payment forward, but was for all different types of use cases. And so I, I had been thinking about that. I remember one time I even emailed my my kids' school, and I was like, this is really great, but, you know, isn't there some program we can use? Do you use? guys have something else? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember the response was kind of like, no, but knock yourself out. Like, if you if you can find something, like, feel free to share it with us. Challenge accepted. Yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> and I couldn't find anything. And so so that was sort of one data point that made me think, oh, the world is missing something that I think needs to be out there.
1: I love that. Yeah. I feel like that does prove that you have an entrepreneurial brain. You know, look yeah. at, seeing a void, filling it. So that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, maybe you already answered, but did you, do you remember having a first realization when you thought, okay, maybe I am an entrepreneur at heart? Maybe what would it have been that first business you think? Gosh, that's funny. I mean,
0: it was probably in college because I remember, I mean, I've always like tried to come up more of, more in college, it was like things like widgets, like physical things, like that needs to be solved. We need to create a thing to solve that. Like you know, I can't even repeat some of the ridiculous ideas. But so I think that there was some seed planting there, where I was like, oh, I really like to solve problems, and I like to lead, um, and I like to to create things. So I think I think I knew there was something there,
1: maybe even earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So you have the ideas. So what was it like for you in that first company and then, of course, with Cheddar Up, With the business side of things, the fundraising side of things, did you find that to be challenging? Were you up for the challenge? Did that come naturally to you?
0: That's a good question. So I think I was up for the challenge. I happened to be married to an entrepreneur, which kind of comes with, it, with its own set That's of, like, very interesting. Yeah, horribleness. Like, two entrepreneurs in one household can be... <laughs> Very problematic for a variety of reasons. But it it's good. It's good and it's been great for me because he gets it. He gets like wanting to create something and what it takes to bring it to fruition. But the fundraising side and the starting up side, I would say was really, really hard for me. Like it was just so much harder than I would have thought. But I am more of an introvert. And so raising capital requires the opposite of that putting yourself out there (laughs) putting your business out there right yeah so it was um it was really challenging I mean I think I've sometimes I do say like I'm a different person now like I have altered my DNA because I I had to push so far outside of my comfort zone in almost every way that it sort of changed who I am in in good ways but it wasn't natural for me to ask other people for money it that's not something I'm naturally comfortable with um, and it wasn't natural for me to do pitch competitions and to present and to do all those things are just not things that I would have naturally gravitated to. And i come to realize very quickly that that is part of, you know, maybe not in every business and not for every entrepreneur, but for what I was doing, building this tech company that required, you know, some significant money to really do the right way, it was part of the challenge, and it, and there was no really getting around it if I wanted this to be a real thing, and so yeah, it sort of sucked. <laughs> yeah, but listen, you rose to the challenge, right? Yeah, you for know. sure, for sure. And I and I'm better for it, and obviously Cheddar Up is better for it, and um, we wouldn't be where we are today if we hadn't raised capital, and you know we'll raise capital probably again. And it'll just be more fun next time because we've come so far. You know, it's it's I think every stage of fundraising is so different depending on where you are. And the super, super startup stage is is unique. You know, it's you know, first we raised friends and family. That comes with its own set of,
1: you know <laughs> awkwardness. awkwardness.
0: <laughs> I know it. it's gonna be great. I know it. I have this vision. And then there's then there's VCs, you know, pitching to VCs, and we pitched to a lot of VCs in San Francisco and in Silicon Valley, and that, it, you know, that's a whole different ball of wax, too. And then eventually we we got to pitch to some really cool, you know, mountain range funds, and that was much more my comfort zone. Like, it was just more, just seemed a bit more authentic, which is more in line with sort of what I like to do. But no, it was a, it was a challenge, but we we did it, and... And next time we have to do it, it it's going to be more fun.
1: Love it. <laughs> so, as an introvert, what was it like being at Looks Like South by Southwest Interactive? And then you mentioned a women's pitch event. Yes. So, how did you get involved in those? You
0: know, South by Southwest. I think they approached us. There was a uh, a time we were sort of on the, this startup circuit so to speak like we were part of 500 startups which opened a lot of doors for us which is a big accelerator in the Bay Area sort of like on point with like Y Combinator and, and tech stars so that that brought a lot of opportunities our way we applied for some sort of pitch competitions I think the women 2, 2.0 was one of the first first ones we did and the only way I could get comfortable with all of that public speaking and pitching was just, a ton of practice. Like I, I can remember when I would like plug my computer into my LCD in my living room, and I would just stand there and do that darn pitch over and over again. It would, and and I think some for some people it's just really natural, and for me it was it wasn't. So I just sort of was like,
1: take it. Take well, that's it. yeah, that's the option. Yeah. Either it comes natural, or you practice it enough that people believe yeah. that it comes naturally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You trick them into thinking that it's natural.
0: Yeah. But, no, there were some really cool opportunities that came our way and that we sought out and, and we were lucky enough to secure. And it was funny how one thing would sort of, you know, make sense, but one thing would sort of lead to another. But we did have to kind of constantly keep putting ourselves out there. You know, like just, you know, if you don't throw anything out of the universe, right. nothing can come back.
1: Exactly. So what would you say – how has your view changed – where you are now, when you look back, how has your view of being an entrepreneur changed over the years, you know, since you first started to where you are now?
0: I mean, I I remember how hard it was early on. And now it seems like a real privilege to get to run a company and kind of be in charge of our own destiny. And so it was definitely worth all the challenge. I do think that sometimes it's better to not know how rocky the road can be because, you know, you just People probably wouldn't set out on that journey. I do think it's funny sometimes people ask me like, "Well, what are you going to do?" You know, if you ever exit Cheddar up or or whatever. And I think about that, and I'm like, "Well, would I do this again? (laughs) Like, would I go down this path again?" And I think I would. I'd probably just do something different so I could learn different things. I do know that like consumer tech technology is is tough. It's tough to get right. It's tough to acquire users. But in general. It's funny I was just talking to my brother about this the other day cuz he has a he has a, you know, someone right out of college and was trying to guide and mentor his son and I was trying to guide and mentor his son and my my brother reminded me cuz he's also a business owner. He reminded me of how great it is to run your own business and create your own thing and I was like, "You're right. It is. It is great. I have to remember how great it is because, you know, you take it home with you and And you never stop thinking about it, which comes was kind of good and bad, but there are so many great things about just creating your own thing and running your own thing, and so I do think it's great. And I because sometimes I like lose sight of it. Yeah, in the hard
1: times, right? It's easy to remember the bad and forget the good. Right, right. right.
0: Because I have two daughters, and I'm.
1: I have literally told them, like, don't go into
0: business. It's, it's really hard. And,
1: and then With I, two parents that are entrepreneurs, I feel like the odds of that not happening might be slim. No,
0: you're totally <laughs> right. You're 100% right. But in that conversation with my brother, I was like, you're right. I need to go back and tell my kids to, that business is fine. Like, go do your own thing. So I do think it's, it's great. It's glorious. It comes with
1: its pros and cons. Yeah. You bring up something I was going to touch on, too, which was mentors and mentorship. You were involved with a, in a mentorship program. So could you speak a little bit about that and what you enjoy about that? And also, did you yourself, did or do you have any mentors? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I do love
0: mentoring people. And I have one person, friend through a friend, who I am sort of advising right now who's doing a tech startup. But it's very informal, but it is it's. I mean, I get a lot of joy out of it because it reminds me uh, that you know we've accomplished a lot and we've learned a lot and we actually have value to 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 give. And I, re- you know, seeing some of the new startups who I do talk to, I remember how little I knew going into it. So I think it, it's rewarding. It brings me gratitude to know you know that we've we've come a long way. The one in Denver was a whole program i don't know if you're familiar with the champa Mm -hmm. center downtown and it it was associated with that and they always are you know kind of associated with denver startup week and the whole downtown denver community they are really good at making sure that sort of the people who have reached a certain level are kind of pulled back down to help others who are just starting Mm -hmm. and so when i have an opportunity i love being involved in that Um, my mentors i've had a lot Through the years, I remember I was thinking about this not too long ago. One was a woman who also ended up being an investor, an early investor, and she was just a really successful businesswoman in town who I was friends with. Her name was Ellen, and I remember, I just remember from the very, when when it was like idea stage, she was so great because... She didn't laugh at me. Like she didn't. She didn't take she you seriously. Yeah, yeah, she was like she believed I could build this thing yeah. that I was envisioning, and that alone at that time meant a lot. And we had coffees, and I talked through things, and she helped me think about things that maybe I hadn't thought about yet. And then I had you know later advisors who were really critical would help me figure out you know fundraising and and, and make introductions and. I really value those people.
1: Well, it's invaluable, right? It is. Yeah. There is an element to it with anything, really. It's who you know. Yeah. And if you get introduced to the right people and you can make a meaningful connection, that can take you really far.
0: Yeah, opening, opening the door opening that people have done for me. And I look forward to doing more of that, hopefully at some point when I'm not quite so busy. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, it's Sam, the producer of the show. I just wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Sliced Podcast. Coming up, Nicole walks Emily through what it was like to fundraise in San Francisco and what motivates her every single day. So I touched on this a little bit earlier, but what is it like being a female founder? Can you reflect on times where that was beneficial or maybe a time where you felt Insecure or nervous about it? Sure, I can think of. It's it's hard to sort of decipher like what did I really
0: experience versus what was what were my own hangups sort of in my head. So that comes to mind right away. But I would say when I was in the Bay Area, it seemed a little harder to be honest. And I did spend a fair amount of time in San Francisco through the five hundred startups accelerator and through another accelerator that I did. It was it was months away from my normal life and it was lots of meetings and pitches and i think that you know there there is a fair amount of male investors there who i think seemed like they like to invest in folks that reminded themselves of themselves <laughs> so i could see that i could sort of i kind of kind of feel that a little bit but this was you know a handful of years ago so i'm sure it's gotten better and you know the other thing I, I know that I recognize is that I did I did personally take it upon myself to try to fit a mold, mm-hmm. especially as you're fundraising or I was fundraising, and it was sort of like, okay, I got to wear my little black jacket, and I got to pull my hair back, and I got to not, you know, be too feminine. All those things I was very aware of, mm-hmm. and I'm less, I care way less about them now because I feel like I just don't care, and so I, I I'm trying to been – like, trying to pull some of that back into my life, just like, I'm just kind of a girly girl, it turns out. And it, and Same. It's, <laughs> it sort of sucked to try to hide it. You right. know, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good then. And and so now I'm just like, I'm going to wear some open-toe shoes and a, a ruffly shirt, just because.
1: And I can imagine when you're already nervous, right? You're standing up there. You're pitching. And t- To already be doing that, and then on top of that, to be be maybe in an outfit that doesn't make you feel like yourself or something like that. I can imagine it just makes it a little bit harder versus standing up there and being authentically yourself.
0: Yeah, it does. And who knows? Maybe I would have been received well with a frilly top, but I kind of don't think I would have been. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think I was on point. And so all those things, I think— are real. It's mm-hmm. part of society. It is changing. Right. And it's really great to see it change, um, and I think you can dwell in all that stuff, and and really not be productive. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I just sort of dealt with it. And as I reflect back, it's just nice to make a mental note and move on. But yeah, that it, I was, you know, always very aware of sort of my male competitors. And I will say, being in five hundred startups was a crack up. Because there were a lot of young males. And I was, like, I had little kids at home. And so that in and of itself was a funny thing. like Different lifestyle. Hey, what you doing tonight? <laughs> you know, like, it was just... <laughs> Going
1: was home? Just, no, you? It, yeah, exactly. It was just so funny. Like, it, I felt yeah. really
0: out of place, but but I expected it. So yeah.
1: anyway. So we touched on Cheddar Up, but we can circle back to it. So we can dive a little bit more into that. So you have a co-founder, is that right? I do, yes. Okay. And then where did you guys meet...
0: So, Molly DiCarlo is my co-founder, and she's amazing. She's a creative force and a brilliant human. And so we hilariously met in the preschool hallways. And oh. we, you know, we have what do we call it? We call it the art origin story. We're always referring to our origin story and cracking up about it. But no, we we were friends w- way before we were co-founders. and, I pulled her in on a project um, with that financial technology company that I mentioned earlier. I was working on something, and I was like, oh, we need some, crea- some creative done, and the agency we hired is not working. And she sort of reminded me that she was this brilliant designer, and I was like, do you want to try it? Anyway, she's wildly talented. She blew that client away. And then when I had the idea for Cheddar Up, I was like, hey, I've got this brilliant idea like we're going <laughs> to change the world and she was like okay i'll help and obviously she's done way more than help and she she's you know everything visual or creative she's touched and is responsible for And she's just amazing. I I don't know. I think it would be hard to do without a co-founder. People do it all the time, but I do think it would be hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get that sometimes from other founders that we've spoken to. To have just a little bit of help, I think when you start out, maybe you think, okay, I can do this by myself. Or maybe you have, like, an ambitious vibe Mm -hmm. about you. Mm -hmm. But as you get further into the journey, you're like, you know, I would like a day off. Or could somebody cover, while I go do this? Or, you know, just to have another person Helping you, I yeah. can imagine is even a
0: sounding board, even a like. I think we should do this. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, horrible idea. Great idea. You know, just like in some other another brain, you know, working to create this this thing, and another
1: voice that you trust with your company, right? Mm-hmm. It's a high level of trust there. I'm sure.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think the trust is probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. So we. Tell us a little bit more about exactly what the need is that Chatter Up is solving. Sure. And then kind of where you see the company going in the next maybe five to 10 years. What's the scope look like?
0: Sure. So Chatter Up, we work with, so as you mentioned earlier, we help groups and organizations easily collect payments and information from their community. And that can be any anyone almost, but it's PTAs and Girl Scout troops and clubs and HOAs and someone in the school hallway collecting for a teacher gift. It's really organized or it's, you know, like off the cuff last minute. And our challenge is sort of creating this platform that's super flexible, that can serve all different types of use cases and all different types of groups and humans. And it's fun. It's fun every day to see all these different groups who find us and use us and how they use us. It's a really great community to serve. It's usually people out there doing good. Um, A lot of them are volunteers. And so it's a fun community to serve. I think with the pandemic, people are much more apt to move online, even
1: more so. I think it sort of expedited,
0: you know, the movement for online payments by, like, almost a decade.
1: Because nobody even wants to, like, touch a dollar bill now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They
0: don't want to touch a dollar bill. And— and it just seems sort of silly. Like we're all forced to embrace technology. We're on our phones
1: anyways. Might as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if someone asked me to write them a check, I'm out. Like I don't over. have a
1: checkbook. Yeah. I'm willing see, to admit that. See? You're, you're young. <laughs> you're young. I knew that was going to happen. I knew people were not going to have checkbooks.
0: So that's helped. And you know, we've seen during COVID, we saw we saw a lot of new people find us. The volume wasn't what it normally would be because groups weren't really gathering. But it didn't affect our business the way we thought it might, which was good, great news. And now we're seeing a lot of really glorious growth because people are moving online and more people are finding us. I think one of our bigger challenges is just always being smart and savvy about how we acquire new users and and how we are measuring that and how we're using data to grow the business. Something we're really focused on this year and We've got some other really cool things in the hopper too that we're excited to roll out later this year. But we're I'm excited to see where we're gonna end up at the end of this year. And our goal is really to grow. I mean, I think I think Cheddar Up is working toward an exit of some kind. I don't know when. I don't know what it will look like. I have some ideas, but I think, you know, we're not we're probably not gonna IPO. We're probably gonna be some, there'll be the, some right fit entity that will will maybe want to buy us at some Never point. say never,
1: though. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what would you say to a young fledgling entrepreneur who's just getting started in their journey when they hit a little bit of rejection?
0: You know, I would just, I would say, brush it off. Like, just get past it. It never feels good, but it's one human or it's one entity. And if it's something you really believe in you have conviction just just keep moving like just put one foot in front of the other and you know take the feedback you know at face value um don't put blinders on but especially as it relates to funding i mean there's a lot of frogs out there that must be kissed <laughs> in order to you know find the one that believes in what you're doing and right. they're definitely out there you and, don't
1: want to misalignment.
0: Yeah, you don't. Yeah, if they don't, if someone says no, that's such a good point. If someone says no, then that it's not a right fit. Just period, and move on. But yeah, and I would just like let some time pass. Like it feels really bad in the moment, but you know, twenty four hours, forty eight hours. Like your wounds. Yeah, yeah, like it gets better, <laughs> and keep building what you're building. But it, I think it is it is hard to build something new and solve something that's not been solved. There's a million problems to solve, but. I just think it's important to vet what exists and how you're different in terms of like, you know, is this viable kind of thing? And and do you have the stamina to see it through? I think that's something that sometimes entrepreneurs are a bit short-sighted on. Like, I'm just gonna build this thing and it's gonna get big and I'm gonna sell it and I'm gonna be super rich. It often doesn't happen like that. You know, we see a lot of big companies and it seems like it happens like that, But even even the big companies, there was like, you know, five to ten years that no one really knew about.
1: (laughs) You know, and for every successful company, I think especially for those big ones, there's like ten failed before it, Mm -hmm. right? We Mm -hmm. see the one that was successful. We don't see Mm -hmm. the ten that didn't make it off the launch pad. For
0: sure. And it's okay to fail. Like, that's, like, I mean, I wouldn't say my baby business failed. It didn't. Do anything big, but I know I learned from it, and it was experience, sort of a stepping stone, mm-hmm.
1: you know. And you enjoyed it while you were doing it. I sure did. So yeah, I sure did. <laughs> That's part of it. Yeah. So for you, ultimately, and this is kind of a a meta question, so you can answer it however you'd like. But for you personally, what is your definition of success?
0: Oh, gosh, I want to say something really altruistic, <laughs> but
1: no. I mean, I think I
0: two things. I think. And this is not official. I have, I, I'm coming up with this on the fly, but it's true. I think if you're learning and you learned and you grew, there was success. Like, I tell my girls this all the time. Like, you know, it's sort of cliche, but if it's uncomfortable, awesome. Just keep doing it. Like, something good will come of it, right? You're growing in some way. Like, lean, the whole lean in thing is super legit. Like, lean into the discomfort. So, if you're learning or you learned success, if you're running a business, I do think some monetary success is required. Like for me, Cheddar Up will not be successful unless we have a successful exit. But that's because I've given years of my life and years away from my babies, which is really a measurement for me. It's like I spent time away. Hope there's something at the end of, <laughs> at the, end of the day <laughs> to make that feel feel worthwhile. Right. But yeah. So on the business side. You know, if it's if it's something else, I I don't know that monetary is necessary. But if you are running a business, there should be some mm-hmm. some money, and it doesn't have to be a huge exit. I mean, for Cheddar Up, I hope it is, but in all business, it doesn't have to be a huge exit. If it, you know, if it gave you a great living, great, right? You know, um, but cer- certainly if you if you learned and you grew,
1: mm-hmm. and so as you hopefully move towards that exit, ultimately what. When you wake up every day, what motivates you to continue to do it to stick with the dream?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. For me, it's it's not that exit. I mean, it, that that isn't always somewhere in the back of my brain, but it is my team, and it is what we're creating, and it is our users. Like it, I have so, I get so much joy out of that. My team is so great, and I, you know, I, I'm excited to talk to them on Slack and see them in oh, person. That's so great. Yeah. And it's fun to create stuff.
1: Do you so. have any cool like testimonials from users? You
0: know, we are working on this
1: whole brand refresh and, oh, okay. and so we
0: have we do exclusive. We have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exclusive. <laughs> no, I'm not going to release the timing. But no, um uh yeah, we do. We have lots we have so many users and we have so many users who are so loyal and we're super tight with like our support team is our amazing support team is and so we get play you know we get such great feedback from them and when we seek out testimonials and sometimes we don't have to seek them out but it's great they love us like they rely on us and that feels good like we are solving a problem and if if we were not here, they would be sad, and they don't know what they would do. It's that kind of feedback where you're like, yay, we're doing something. Like, we matter. We're yeah. making a difference. So, I mean, I think a lot – we have big partnerships with, like, a big, a lot of big Girl Scout councils across the country. You know, all of those little troops really rely on us. That's cool. That's, you know, one small example.
1: Yeah, so – Nice. Well, I can't let you go without asking why the name Cheddar Up. I'm just curious.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. We
1: get this question
0: a lot. Okay. Um, so Cheddar, it turns out, is slang for money. And now that I've told you, you will hear it everywhere. There's like a Geico commercial and this old movie Beethoven and like it's slang for money. And I didn't, I didn't know that irritatingly my husband thought of the name oh man Um, i know and he's actually significantly older than me (laughs) and he's cooler than me it's so annoying (laughs) i remember we were trying to think of a name trying to think of a name you know it's hard to think of a name that you can actually you know trademark and And like the the domain yeah Yeah, the domain oh yeah and he's like i thought of a name cheddar up and i was like i looked at him like he was like Crazy. I was like, "What?" And he he literally got our younger nephew at the time, who worked downtown, on the phone. And he's like, "Reuben, if I say cheddar, what do you think of?" And the first word out of his mouth was money. I was flabbergasted. Did he prep him?
1: Are you one hundred percent sure I, to 100%, this day? He didn't because prep that him. would have,
0: that was years ago. That would have come out. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so we thought it was so that helped me realize that it was sort of universal and it was sort of playful, and we liked that it was it was sort of just
1: different. I love it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about your journey or about yourself?
0: I would just say, you know, if you're an entrepreneur out there, if you're a female entrepreneur out there, you know, just try to be yourself and just keep going. Just don't give up. Love it. And then where can people follow Cheddar Up? You can Find CheddarUp at
1: CheddarUp.com or the app stores.
0: You can follow us at Facebook.com forward slash CheddarUp, um, and we're certainly on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Awesome, look for that brand refresh. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. appreciate it, too. Be sure to check back weekly for new episodes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow us at Slice Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.